shout out to our sponsors at IconBet. Open source, decentralized gaming, no deposits, play straight from your wallet. IconBet, made by the players, for the players. Ion Icon is proudly supported by Icon Nation and the Icon community. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Ion Icon, the episode where we go around the ecosystem and get you all the latest and greatest news. And with me, as always, is our co-host, Icon Graffer. How are you today? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. It was great to not have hard stops and have a good catch-up um, before the podcast and plan everything out. So, um, Yeah. Well, it's nice. We always, uh, you know, we at least when we have time, we always try to, you know, Fez and I always kind of chat a little bit beforehand and just kind of go back and forth. And, you know, sometimes there's stuff he catches in the ecosystem that I miss. And sometimes I catch stuff that he misses. So it's kind of, it's our chance to kind of individually get caught up and then also plan out the episode as well. So um, it's always, always insightful for me. Hopefully it is uh, for you as well. And of course, none of, none of you guys get uh, access to those little secret chats, but uh, we try to share as much as possible on the podcast. So you're not missing too much. Yeah, definitely. Oh, very valuable. And yes, um, one day, one day we'll we'll think of something to get that info out there as well. But but as you say, we do cover most of it in our conversations as we're um, giving everyone the news. So, look, let's jump jump in. First thing is markets. Oh, look, it's good to wake up to some green again. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, you know, I think last time. Last around this time, we chatted. Bitcoin is in like the low 50k range, um, and it, I think it needed to get over like 52 or 53 to kind of leg up a little bit, uh, which it did. Um, but now we hit the point where you know Bitcoin starts to run a little bit, and you know I'm sure everyone who's holding alts basically noticed that uh, you know your portfolio has basically either been stagnant or even gone down a bit. Um, so that's when you know things get really stressful for a lot of people because they see they see Bitcoin start to run. Uh, they feel, you know, Bitcoin's having the party and everyone else is getting left behind. Uh, but historically speaking, you know, every time this cycle plays out, um, this little mini cycle, you know, Bitcoin goes up and all gets get left behind and then Bitcoin consolidates a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you know, after a little bit of time, money starts flowing from Bitcoin down the, you know, down the market cap order and alt start to do pretty well and start to catch up, um, usually much more dramatically rise than Bitcoin did. Uh, and you'll see, you know, Bitcoin dominance start to fall and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I think it's just a matter of being uh, a bit patient, letting it kind of play out. Um, again, you've lost, you've, you know, you've lost Sats value, but uh, for the most part, dollar values should be fairly um, stable. Maybe it's gone down a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. but again, that's just that's just how it goes. We've seen this play out, you know, a hundred bajillion times. Um, and as you know, as the bull market intensifies, the cycle tends to get more. Uh, intense as well so just one of those things you got to let it kind of play out um it's you know I, th- I think it's a sign of a healthy market bitcoin's going up but it's not going up you know i feel like uh earlier in the spring it went up like i feel like every time it legged up it went up like a thousand dollars every like six hours or something um so it feels like a much more gradual process but obviously that's just kind of leaving alts behind so um you know just i, I would say just kind of be patient with it uh let the markets do its thing and, and alts including especially icon um should have its should have its day fairly soon i think uh, um, but again not not financial advice yeah totally and and look <laughs> i was just while you were talking on the bit uh, bitcoin uh, chart again ignore my terrible lines but uh just looking at where we are right now we're around 12 to 13 percent from here to the all-time high that we hit last time um 
so uh, I didn't realize that I just put the percentage thing on it so um, very interesting but look I mean it's it's interesting on chain uh, you know we keep commenting making these comments they've been saying you know um, there's a lot of accumulation been happening especially from whales things like that one thing I've noticed this week that hasn't changed in fact if anything it's like people are tripling down especially wallets that have a lot of bitcoin but um one thing they did comment is this week there was um just based on what's been happening with um bitcoin movements they expected a bit of chop um, which has happened i don't know if we're out of the woods yet uh, however every time there's been a bit of a dump and you can see in some of these candles we've gone from uh, 57,000 all the way down to 53 um hilarious you know what's hilarious about this in, in a news article over here in australia it was the other day bitcoin drops 400 dollars. i laughed at that article i thought <laughs> that this is making headlines if they actually captured a real dropper anyway Flash, um, flashback to 2015 yeah well even just the other day they said 400 but actually it dropped like 1500 but anyway who who, who cares but um yeah Overall, look, uh, it seems we seem to be bouncing back. It seems like on-chain is still very bullish um, and keeps saying we haven't had that blow off top. I know um, there's speculation. What if there isn't this, that? But um, overall, if you look at all the charts, and I'm not, not a trader, but I keep coming back to that icon chart and you see this line. I don't touch this chart, so every time I show it here, um, you're looking at the same chart with my terrible lines. And you can see, again, we've recaptured that trend that has been going on since uh, the 21st of July, around that date when it started. Even though we've dropped off it twice or thrice, we've come back and recaptured that trend, which is a good sign in my eyes. Trend is your friend, but um, not financial advice. Let's see what happens. Um, if BTC really does go for a run, which people are expecting, uh, I think we'll see a bit of bleeding, as, as you mentioned. But um, overall, we know what happens after BTC pops, ETH will pop, ALTS will pop. It seems to just keep following the tradition. Not financial advice, though, so don't hedge your bets on what we're saying. It, it does sometimes change. BTC pops, ALTS run, then ETH runs, then BTC goes for another run. So um, it likes to change things up. But overall, it's still looking good. Okay, I think um, that's markets. Let's, let's dive into the news. First thing, what have we got? Uh, so a bit of icon 2.0 news obviously we're in the bit you know we the vote passed to um, you know officially migrate from icon 1.0 to 2.0 so right now the migration process is underway essentially kind of you know prefs essentially moving that data over um, and so you know this is obviously we talked a lot about migration over the summer you know every time we every time we recorded it was you know up 15 percent or something like that. Um, that was kind of the, the big migration, um, the major migration, whereas this is a bit more from a, you know, from a technical infrastructure standpoint migration. Um, you know, this is the thing that it was kind of the phase one that we've talked about. You know, Brian had a good rundown out of it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, basically, it takes about, you know, 10 weeks to two, or sorry, 10 days to two weeks uh, to get done. And uh, the, the most recent update we got, which was uh, I'm referencing the iconist here. Uh, which had an article about it basically <clears throat> about 25 million blocks have been transferred so far it's about 60 percent and it says assuming no te technical issues the mainnet block transfer should be complete by the end of this week or the beginning of next week so um i don't know if that means like saturday or sunday or what but anyway i, I would say by the time we're talking next week uh, assuming this article is correct and no issues pop up uh, we should be done with that 
um, that data transfer, which kicks off those uh, other two phases, uh, which are much shorter in nature. I think each of them is like two to three days or so like that. So, um, you know, by the end of uh, potentially next week, maybe bleeding into the week after um, Icon 2.0 could be should be uh, ready to go again, assuming no issues or anything like that. Yeah, look, you're right. I think it's pretty accurate because even in the Discord, these are kind of some of the um, rates going, uh, percentages that we've completed. Now, from memory, keep in mind this process was meant to take four weeks, so um, or two weeks, one of the two. But but uh, the way it's tracking is going very well. So um, fingers crossed. Yes, next week we're already on to the next stage. Uh, so we'll next we'll move on to our kind of regular scheduled uh, balance discussion uh, just because you know every week there's several topics to discuss there um, I guess first is we got another um, uh, actually four new liquidity pools slash trading pairs uh, all of them involving the metx token which is metanix uh, which is one of the you know one of the p reps uh, this was a token you know they, they operate kind of a entertain infrastructure um, they were a p rep where if you staked with them uh, back uh, a few months ago, um, and I don't know if they still they may they may still offer um, the airdrop of their token today. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head or not, but anyway, uh, their token now has four new pairs: uh, BNUSD, SICX, IUSDC, and USDS. Uh, so if you want to go either if you have some Metadex that you want to sell, or you have some that you want to buy, um, or if you want to provide liquidity, you are available to do that in all four all four pools. Uh, I will say the liquidity right now is fairly low, I think, especially in the uh, USD stablecoin pairs. Um, so, you know, any significant trade will cause some slippage. Um, it's a little bit tricky because it's not incentivized by balance. It's only incentivized by the trading fees. So if you are providing liquidity, uh, you get a slice of the trading fees. Bit of a chicken and egg problem because... Um, there's not a lot of trading because there's a lot of slippage. And if there's not a lot of trading, um, there's less incentive to provide liquidity. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of wonder why we added four pools, uh, just because it seems like the liquidity is a little thin. Uh, but that being said, you know, that, you know, you can always remove one if something doesn't work out or I suppose, or consolidate or whatever it might be. Um, or there might be more plans to kind of, you know, from, <clears throat> from the Metanix team or something like that to, to beef up that liquidity. Uh, or something like that. So anyway, nonetheless, uh, we have those four options. Nice to see the platform grow um, and some nice uh, additions added. See, it's funny. Ohm and Balanced should have pairings like this across the board, um, but they've gone and done it and their pools aren't incentivized or at the moment people don't understand the use case for the token yet. Um, and by that, I mean, because it hasn't been, you know, bought, brought to the forefront to show okay this is what the token and this is what you get from it etc but um overall great to see more um tokens getting listed uh, what what one thing i did notice and i have have um, picked up in all the different chats a lot of people didn't even know they had this token and obviously when balanced has um added it and when you connect your wallet in the balanced wallet it actually shows and they've realized oh i got i got this token so no it was it probably was airdrop to you a long time back um uh, they were dropping airdropping to anyone who voted for their uh, node a while back so if you didn't add the token manually in your wallet you probably didn't realize you had it so um if it is popping up that's why you have it and one of the probably the only reasons main reasons at the moment to to supply liquidity is to get those trading fees um 
in those pools because there's such small pools if people actually went to trade um, there would be a decent amount of fees going back and I think a few people have experienced that they've put in a tiny amount and um, just seen it grow a little bit in value and were wondering why but that, that's probably one of the reasons why um, that said as Icongrapher called out there's no balance rewards or any extra rewards for providing liquidity bar the 0.15% trading fee that goes to everyone who provides liquidity in these pools um, um and i and uh, before i forget a little while back uh, i did write kind of a deep dive on the project uh, as far as metanix so and i hope i'm pronouncing that right um so i will uh i'll go ahead and kind of try to repost that slash promote it a bit um and we'll we can maybe include it in the show notes too just so if, if people are totally clueless about what this token is uh i think it, it it'll hopefully you know it's written a few months ago so it might be a tad out of date uh depending on how the project's developed uh but it'll, it'll could help give a bit more uh uh information as far as kind of what what the token does and what the broader broader picture is yeah great yeah i recall you did write about it that's right um cool what's uh, next yeah so there's a, uh, you know, it's like, it feels like every day there's a new proposal being whipped up by, um, by Scott for balanced. Uh, so this new one is, you know, he kind of observed that a, a with the, you know, starting with the goal that we'd like to have more total value locked on, um, balance because it, a, you know, it, a, it's a good, it's good just on paper stat to have, um, helps lure people in, um, you know, makes the, makes the platform look more impressive, but also just, you know, the more liquidity, the better, the more activity you do, you know, it's more reliable if there's more liquidity, both in terms of, you know, just in terms of slippage, in terms of trading fees, all that other good stuff. And so what he observed is basically, you know, there's, there's certain pools that, um, you know, are more tempting than others for people to provide liquidity. And so there's almost a, a discount in terms of the way the BALN gets allocated. So I don't know if that made entirely sense, but basically he's pointing out, so let, let's look at the BALN slash BNUSD pool, right? So let's say there's there's 10 million of liquidity in that pool and the rewards per day are 10,000 balance, right? So basically for every 1,000 USD of total value uh, is equivalent to one BALN of daily inflation, right? So it's kind of like um, one one if you incentivize with one BALN token in that pool, each one BALN you provide gets about a thousand dollars worth of, of liquidity. Right. So, and that's, you know, there's, so meanwhile, let's take a look at IUSDC slash BNUSD. There's, you know, 1.5 million of liquidity and there's 288 BALN rewards. So a lot less BALN, whereas this, this equivalent, you know, one BALN can basically get you $5,200 of USD of liquidity. Right. And so it's almost like um, it's the, the, the phrase he's using is cheaper liquidity, right? So in the second case, because it's two stable coins, for every one BALN we get out, we give out, we give about, we get about $5,200 of, of liquidity in the, in the first case because it's BALN versus BNUSD. Um, for every one BALN we get out, we get only relatively only 1,000 USD. So basically there's, because of the way the pool set up with the, with the two stable coins, um, people are more in, um, more willing to put money in there because a there's not really a permanent loss. Um, you know, there's they get the trading fees and they get a little bit of BALN, but you know it's nothing too crazy. Whereas if you if you boost the BALN being provided, um, you might be able to you know get a really good kind of return on investment as far as the amount of liquidity that gets added. So that's basically the kind of the 
the context behind this proposal. And so what it specifically does is it adjusts kind of what where the uh, the BAL and distribution goes. I think the most notable uh, would be that the the IUSDC slash BNUSD um, rate goes from 0.5% to 2%. BALN slash SICX goes from 5% to 10%. Um, and a few other kind of other adjustments like that. Uh, most uh, Half of the numbers staying, staying pretty similar. And he also mentioned that there would be a potentially a, a way to implement it so it's a constant voting right so basically you know if you hold b if you hold baln you can go in at any given point of and, and kind of vote how much percentage you think each pool should get and obviously you know it, it weights everyone so if if everyone thinks oh yeah we i think we should bump up the iusdc slash bnusd uh balance rewards by like one percent um you know, if that's what the voters kind of want on a given day, it'll it'll tweak that. So it'll be you know kind of be fluid. Uh, it'll be um, you know kind of very much much more responsive, kind of what the market's dictating and things like that. So it, this is something that other um, protocols do. I think Curve is probably a pretty good example where it's like every you know all the time it's fluctuating based on the the incentives are very much fluctuating based on what the voters uh, the token holders think is best for the protocol. So um, both. That's something that's kind of more obviously difficult to implement, um, but it, it this this kind of proposal sparks that idea. But it also obviously on its own uh, is a, and I don't think it's up yet officially hasn't been proposed. But he said you know probably by the time you're listening to this, uh, it might be up or very very close to being up as an official proposal on um, on balanced. Yep. Uh, look, I think I wasn't fully following. Uh, your explanation made a lot more sense. Um, uh, I, I get it being more nimble. Uh, um, yeah, I, I I don't have a view on this personally. Um, I, I still haven't quite followed it. I, I do understand we need flexibility in where we allocate and we can't just keep having new proposals come up every time we want to reallocate the distribution process um which is fair enough so um and i get the concept of if if we can move it around a little bit just incentivizing a tiny bit could could pull in a ton of liquidity i get that so um it seems like that's the goal so yeah i don't see i i find it interesting though if we have levers for people to put votes on where it should go what will happen with the worker token percentage um, as you were talking because I've got the screen up and you can see so what will stop people from going well actually let's incentivize the pools and pull five ten percent off the worker tokens uh, unless they exclusively block that um, from changing you're saying that for the for the weight of the worker tokens to maybe like oh, I'm not to... I'm, I'm not saying like I t look Honestly, I think the 20% is well-deserved for all the work the team does. Right, right. I, I mean more that if, if you know, part of what Scott has said is they want to make it more so that people can, uh, what is it, live essentially, right? So you can yeah. kind of push, okay, we need to change this and people just quickly vote. And yes, that happens. So um, who's to say if that happens, people won't actually try to actively push for the worker percentages to get distributed in other areas? Oh well, it's the is that part of the allocation on the proposal? Because it's it's got it oh I see yeah the yeah. workers yeah I mean I think um, 
that could yeah that could be interesting in, in terms of if it's if it's it might be you know maybe it'll only be fluid on terms of the actual pools like i think that's i'm, I'm almost positive that's how curve does it where you know the there's a you know there's certain inflation that goes towards um certain pockets but the one the the inflation that goes toward the the lps um that's the stuff that kind of gets voted on with the levers and everything like that so yeah i think i think and even you know messing with the dow fund or the reserve or things like that um you know part of it is like you know the voters have voted in from a static standpoint you know a proposal to increase the dow fund or whatever so I think they would potentially remain consistent with that, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, it might be it might potentially make more sense to kind of lock those in, and then have you know okay, fifty percent of of balance will go to LPs. You guys figure mm-hmm. out where that fifty percent gets it gets allocated or something like that. Yeah. So obviously we're we're ways away from AA, certainly a the implementation of that, but also uh, even a proposal on how that would work. But yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so next up we have uh, what have we got? Um, uh, so we had we yeah there was a we had there was an issue with the BIP eight um, implementation which was the rebalancing threshold down to two point five percent. I'm referencing a tweet here mentioning from from uh, from balanced official Twitter, um, but basically it they they implemented a um, it, it it's resolved by now. So if you notice if you if you were aware of that issue noticed any issues as far as BIPA was concerned, um, they've been resolved. So it's a bit of old news, but um, at least wanted to kind of clarify that uh, and just make you aware of it if it was something that might have been lingering. Um, and then uh, the, the final topic is another discussion, uh, basically talking about uh, lowering of uh, origination fees. So, um, you know, the, we, the loans are good because they help, you know, mint, basically mint BNUSD, um, and so there's a proposal basically to bump down the origination fee, which would theoretically, um, you know, make increase the incentive for people to be willing to take out loans. Um, so the obviously the upside would be, you know, more loans getting taken out. The downside would be that there'd be uh, less revenue being brought into balanced. Now, I don't I, I'm not sure. I can't remember if it stays on the stats page. I imagine it does. But how much the loan origination fees uh, account for the overall fees of the protocol, and I don't anticipate it's a whole lot, just because they're also one-off, um, and people aren't, you know, people aren't switching on and off loans every day, like you know, whereas people are probably making trades every single day. So I don't think it's a huge deal from a revenue standpoint, but it could be um, more significantly positive from just a, you know, making sure that the protocol is is functioning as it should, especially as it relates to to BNUSD. Yeah, look, um, this is uh, interesting. Um, I am, I have been a bit vocal about the whole rebalancing. Um, I have my views on it. I completely get it. Uh, I think uh, when I reflect on it, the rebalancing, I think if we have, I was thinking about this last night, if we had 50,000 unique users all on here taking and a lot of BNUSD was in the market and things like that, um, that rotation process would then take a lot longer to go around um but we don't have that many users now this is just my um assessment of it um so we're seeing rebalancing happen quite frequently but this this particular one that kicked off with brian it's it's a great thread to read i actually um enjoyed it because when it gets to scott's portion he actually shares some of his thoughts and one of the reasons uh, you know he he calls out is uh, 
people are getting rebalanced and then obviously you see it and we're all going and literally rebuying our stacks that are getting sold off because uh, ultimately majority of us have gone and taken out a loan to probably leverage and buy more ICX. So if it's getting sold off, it's kind of defeating the point of what we've been doing all these years holding ICX. Um, and, and he's actually talked a bit to it where he's mentioned that, you know, it's kind of counteracting the balance rebalancing effect. So um, as soon as that's happening, it's counteracting, we're going buying it, it's counteracting the rebalancing effect, and then rebalancing keeps happening. That's why we're kind of seeing it rebalance the same way consistently, regardless if price is going up or down, because um, this this is kind of having kind of a loop effect. So, um, and, and one of the fundamental reasons this is also happening is there is no particular use case for BNUSD. There's no actual need for BNUSD from other areas. So um, until we get Ohm and a few other uh, pieces adopting um, BNUSD, we should, this should start to have a better impact on the entire rebalancing mechanic, uh, mechanisms and stuff like that. So there's a lot at play here and, and he gives a real good um, comparison with synthetics and things, how they, how those pieces work. Because ultimately, like, the, people are getting caught up. Uh, a lot of people, balance, yes, there's a, there's an AMM, great. But to me, balance is all about minting assets, right? And, and, uh, this this is to me 80% of it the dex is just a bonus that's great but we need to be able to mint assets and and once that uh, we can't just have oh well because this is what's happening people don't want to get rebalanced so they're not taking their icx as collateral to put it up there and i i'm willing to bet eth beat eth for example i'm not going to put my eth stash at risk of every day coming and seeing a little bit of it has been sold um uh, maybe it will work better with eth because you can kind of go into the open market and buy but uh, mentally psychologically i'm not going to do it. it it's and i'm willing to bet a large percentage sit in that bucket as well so we need to get this right and and bnusd is crucial the minting process is crucial to balance success in my eyes so um but overall, the point of this is the fees is not what is driving the Dow fund. And really, a lot of other protocols that have this synthetic version, the way balance is designed, actually mint the stablecoin for free without charging any fee. So, um, yeah, definitely. I've kind of gone on my own tangent there, but um, I, I read this this morning and felt a bit better. Um, I, I, it was good to see Scott actually... Um, uh, reason and understand yes I, I get the rebalancing we understand the impacts it has and this this is why we're suggesting some of these solutions and why we're proposing dropping those fees and what impacts it will potentially have to um, the rebalancing mechanism and the peg in general so um, we'll I'll actually make sure I put this in the notes um, this links so that people can instead of going through the forums quickly click on the show notes and go to it and read up yeah, that that that's all I had to say. I can go for. Um, so moving on to Ohm. Um, now, for those who didn't notice, uh, and it looks like there's a good chunk of us who didn't, because the vote is only about uh, 27% of um, voters have cast a vote. There's basically two proposals on the table. Um, they relate to the uh, what we talked about last week. Basically, you know, with the um, with the ice uh, airdrop happening it gets tricky to allocate it for ohm because you have people both you know you can both bar you could both supply and borrow sicx 
So it's almost like, you know, as, as we kind of mentioned, it's, it's kind of how finance works is you're kind of creating new money with existing money, um, which is great for, you know, creating a robust economic system, especially in DeFi. It's not so great when you're trying to figure out a one-to-one airdrop. So they, you know, I, Ohm has been thinking a lot about this um, and, and engaging with their community a whole lot in terms of figuring out a solution. So there's two proposals up right now and kind of there's two, two folded into one. So one of them is basically, you know, disabling the borrowing feature uh, for SICX uh, and also removing the rewards for SICX borrow um, and, and moving them to the supply side. So that alone, um, obviously people won't be able to take out uh, SICX and try to, you know, game the, um, uh, game the airdrop by kind of, infl- you know, uh, artificially inflating the amount of ICX they hold uh, by, you know, by taking out a taking out a loan because you know when you take out a loan you're borrowing it from someone else. So either the either the person borrowing it would get it or the person supplying would get it, but both can't even though they both quote unquote own you know X number of ICX or whatever it is. So that's that's the one proposal. The other proposal is to increase. The borrow rates to 120% on SICX for you know 128 120% fixed interest rates per year. So you know at first you might say like well why do we need to do that if you can't even borrow it? The issue is there's people who already have SICX borrowed, and so by increasing the rate, uh, it nudges them towards returning it um, and kind of you know making it uh, a bit cleaner. It's for again in terms of that airdrop. And, you know, obviously 120%, nobody really wants to pay that. Um, so ideally that would work. Um, and, you know, the other part of it that got mentioned was essentially, you know, there could be people who want to kind of almost speculate on the ice drop. And so they could borrow, you know, they could put up some ICX as collateral, borrow the SICX, uh, and then get the airdrop and then just not bother repaying, you know, and sell the airdrop and then just not re- not. Re- not bothered to ever repay that loan back or something like that. So this helps kind of, um, you know, incentivize them not to do that just because the amount owed will, you know, go up by a pretty significant amount. Um, so, you know, be- I think between these two proposals together um, that uh, it'll be, it'll be all the incentives to a, obviously disabling it entirely will make it so you can't borrow, but also it'll nudge all those people who currently have SICX outstanding uh, to return it. So, you know, ideally it, for there, there's kind of a worst case scenario where people might've borrowed SICX, maybe bought something else with it. And then that other asset, you know, might've fallen in price. So they're kind of underwater a little bit and now all of a sudden their interest is going to go up. So obviously it's going to get tough for them. I don't know how many people that is. I think a lot of the people who were borrowing SICX were probably just borrowing it and sitting on it uh, and just collecting the own rewards from mm-hmm. that. Um, so anyway, I think this is, you know, again, these have been thought out for a lot, discussed with the community a lot. And as of my last check, they were passing by pretty overwhelming amounts. Again, the voter participation isn't as high as we've seen in, in like balanced. Um, and there might be, you know, a number of reasons for that. I think part of it is, you know, they might just not be aware that these votes went up. So hopefully if you're listening, um, and you haven't voted yet, uh, you will do so. I think that that's the ultimate takeaway, uh, you can't ignore this. If, even if you don't vote, if you have borrowed um, ICX, uh, you won't be able to soon. And you can't keep that loan running. Well, you can, but you're going to start paying ridiculous amount of interest. So it's it's in your best interest uh-huh, uh, to, to close <laughs> the loan there. So um, just make sure you're doing that. And we all know why this is, you know, to make sure that the drop for ICE is fair. Now, I know people may have views uh, say this or that. Ultimately, I'll, I will say this quite bluntly. 
we're getting it for free, people. So if there's a couple of rules that we need everyone to to get along with, and and at least it's been discussed openly with the community, so be it. Uh, what what person can say that a new chain's launched and you're getting a one to one airdrop for that other chain? You know, no one. Like we're we're in a great position. So frankly, we're, even last week, I think I I wasn't too concerned about this, and I'm not. It's quite crystal clear. I think before the, this is one of the conversations we had, Iconographer, and I was like, I don't get why they're charging more interest. And then I just hadn't read the um the forum properly and as i read it out loud to you i was like oh duh obviously because people will have loans and we want to make sure they pay them down that's all so um great great one i think um i know dk i know um arush who's been heading up the d uh the monks and the DeFi academy and stuff they were really engaging the community about this they've even held a big session for an hour where they had quite a lot of the monks on along with the community really breaking this down to make sure everyone understood why these proposals have been put forward so kudos to them well done on engaging the entire community to get um get this across um, just before we go on, I can go for uh, Scott has just tweeted. So we've been spending a bit of time on balance and we talked about a few of the proposals. He's actually put up right now a new proposal. Um, use balance and SICX and BNUSD in the Dow fund to mitigate rebalancing. So um, obviously this has just happened as we're recording the show. Breaking, so breaking, We need the breaking news uh, siren going uh, in the th- That's right. Oh, damn it. I don't have a button. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't. I can quickly pull it up, but then we'll have to assess it. So we we haven't broken it down yet. But uh, this is the one you probably want to read. Uh, this was also an interesting side discussion that was happening in the forums. Um, so he's um, rehashed his thoughts and put up different options. It's it's quite interesting, and uh, I, I want to deep dive into it probably next next episode. But if you're listening to this, uh, definitely something to check out as well. I think these ones, these particular posts, when Scott does it. Um, it's great because he he's not just tackling how to fix something he's tackling he's presenting quite a lot of options that have been presented in different um conversations in the forums and he's collated them all into one like super post and then given his thoughts and rationales around what is feasible what's possible what potentially some of the impacts would be so um yep make sure you get across that one back to back to the news so we've covered ohm what else have we got uh, so moving on to the NFT front, um, okay, probably the biggest news was the Gangsta Bet uh, presale has started, currently underway. Um, I think there's 10 days left, um, and it has sold. <clears throat> and when I last checked, it's probably up by now, but uh, 3,388 3, uh, out of 5,555 have been sold. So what is that, like 60%, something like that? Um, and so, you know, pretty, pretty good momentum initially, you know, I thought maybe this would be, you know, sell out a bit quicker, uh, but it's still, you know, it's still early days in the pre-sale. Um, I still haven't bought mine yet. So I've been procrastinating on that. Uh, was glad to, I was glad to not see them sell out kind of immediately. So I get a chance at them. So looking forward to minting, um, some of those, uh, pretty soon. Um, and at, on a similar, uh, similar note, um, they are uh, crafted partner with Gangsta Bet uh, in order to accommodate the volume from the pre-sale into CFT generation. Uh, so normally, you know, CFT would be generated and allocated based on um, your buying and selling on the on the network on on craft itself. But they've been able to integrate the 
the presale, which is on the gangstabet.io website, uh, into those into those token rewards. So um, certainly very nice. And on a similar note, well, I guess do you have any do you have any thoughts on the gangstabet presale? Oh, you know how I feel. I'm, I'm pro gangstabet. Um, I'm uh, honestly yes, it's great. It's not sold out, but I'm kind of pissed it's not sold out as well because um you know it's probably one of those projects i've told you you know there's been it's a cps funded first a lot of thought and uh, has been put into it and it's an evolution of that nft you know gamification of the nft it's not just um a pixel punk and i'm not trying to show throw shade but it's not just some thing that you buy and hold it's it's got an entire thing to it um and, and what i'm referring to galactic punks for example that's on the lunar ecosystem that sold out in minutes um and you know it's got a floor price of something ridiculous and the only thing about it is is it's got rarity right so of the 10,000 minted uh, as soon as it gets minted that's where then the rarity factors come into play all the different things to see is yours um how rare is it or percentile based but that's it that's it uh, the minting process and that's that over here it, this is an evolution of that where uh, you know as we finish the mint you realize what is kind of exclusive and really rare based on how much has been minted off it um but then the tokenomics come into play and you have up to nine years to keep evolving your nft which is not it's not happening in any other ecosystem so um look on that note so the fact that it's not sold out um being kind of pissed and in the background being raging away and we've seen now the hx57 program is coming out with a range of bounties all around gangster bet so that's great to see so we want to get more people noticing that this is what's happening in the icon system writing articles and this this range of bounties is actually going to be quite cool like not just what is gangster bet and this it's like creating um stories around the characters and stuff so people can kind of run with it and and create something imaginative which i hope again i come back to please take the time there's free money being given out for these bounties um so so uh, it's great to see the foundation kind of step in and realize that this is this is something cool and unique and um i, I hope these bounties keep coming not just for gangster bet but on that note uh, it to anything in the icon ecosystem it's not just what the foundation looks uh, or or has their hand in it's it's these hx57 bounties are to support everything and anything in the icon ecosystem and this is proof you know gangster bet is that first step where um there's huge potential and we want to get more eyes on it so let's get the content and community creating and reward them for it and at the same time hopefully bring in new people buying these um awesome nfts so speaking on partnership, uh, Kraft announced another one with uh, Pixel, Pixels, Pixels, yeah. I'm close enough, yeah. Uh, basically, you know, uh, randomized NFT creatures that start off as eggs, hatch into their baby forms, and then are grown into their adult forms that will be used in a future NFT gaming platform. Um, so this is another one uh, where the pre-sale will be uh, calculated toward the... Um, CFT token allocation. So um, I don't know if we have a release date on this one yet. Uh, I think it's getting closer. Um, I don't know if you know anything, Fez. I don't. Um, yeah, no. I know but yeah, certainly something. Close. Certainly, I know it's uh, being worked on by. Uh, I believe it's GeoDude, um, yeah. and so uh, obviously very you know a, a team that's been building on Icon for a long time and been active in the community. Um, so certainly uh, another one to keep an eye on. 
Um, and then last week we mentioned that Craft had come out with a, uh, a roadmap. Uh, we hadn't had yet had a chance to kind of dive into it a little bit, um, so we promised we would um, talk about it this week. Uh, and so here we are. Um, and so this is you know, it's partly related to CFT, uh, but also partly related to uh, the actual you know Craft platform, pl- pl- the Craft platform itself. Um, and so uh, you know they have a little. Um, uh, a little graphic here, which is pretty nifty. I don't know if you have it up on your screen, Fez, yeah, from the Medium article. Just, uh, but basically, you know, the first three kind of phases were, you know, the liquidity mining, uh, which was the CFT token, uh, the LP staking, which you could do on um, um, on balance and also, you know, released on balance as well. So those three things are ha- are handled. Uh, what's next is basically uh, creating member tiers. Um, so basically, you know, if to be a bronze, you just you don't need any CFT. You know, silver is fifty thousand, gold is a hundred thousand, uh, platinum is two fifty, and diamond is five hundred thousand. Um, and so the the various member levels will kind of part of its part of its kind of status thing. I think there's also going to provide um, different levels of um, uh, staking rewards you can receive based on your on your level. I think they provide different uh, uh, benefits in terms of uh, you know early access to certain NFT drops and things like that. Um, so I haven't. I haven't paid too much close attention to other NFT platforms, so I don't know how ubiquitous this is in terms of, of the, the the status thing. Uh, but certainly kind of something kind of cool, um, especially when you consider you know a lot of the NFTs are all kind of their own little status niche to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll also work on fee sharing. Um, so basically, you know, if you have CFT tokens, you get a share of the fees that are collected by the platform. Um, they're also working on the governance kind of protocols. So basically, you know, kind of similar to how you can vote on Ohm and Balanced, uh, that'll be implemented as well. So that'll be certainly cool as far as voting on, you know, what what should be built next, all that other good stuff. And then more down the road, uh, multi-currency. So I assume that means, you know, b- ability to transact in, you know, maybe BNUSD or uh, other stable coins or other tokens, uh, discounted NFTs, and then future drops as well. So I'm sure we'll get more details on those in the future. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, it looks like uh, for essentially October, November, we'll get the the user tiers, the fee sharing, and the governance. So nice to see some things kind of coming in uh, pretty soon here, um, and we'll you know further. You know, I think it'll start building some more kind of intrinsic value for the CFT token. So right now, it's kind of hard to value. Um, so that'll be nice once those things start to come along. Yeah, um, it's good. I think great summary. I can graph uh, It's great. I, I actually was asking for a roadmap. And this is a bit, uh, I was keen to see if they were going to implement some of those other metrics that you see on OpenSea and other um, NFT platforms around um, stats and things like that. Um, uh, I, I think, and I think they are, and I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know if they, I don't know if they rise to, I, I think, you know, they've already made some gradual improvements. Like I think, uh, you know, if you look at a collection, um, they implemented this a little while back, but, you know, now it shows that what the floor price is and things like that. So uh-huh. I think there's, I think there's a little improvements they're going to be making um, that won't necessarily rise to the level of a you know governance vote or something like that. Hmm. Um, so I think I think those things are all a bit lower um, lower thresholds to be able to just implement and provide general feature upgrades and things like that. Um, so I think it's just uh, I think they're working on that, but I think the bigger stuff would come through the governance uh, proposals. Cool. No, that's great. What have we got next? Uh, so kind of moving on to some um, a few miscellaneous topics uh, there was a there's a there's a proposal for uh, on the CPS for a uh, basically a uh, support for a hackathon um, and uh, TJ did a pretty actually pretty lengthy thread on 
um, why, you know, kind of how, how a project like that fits into the whole kind of vision for CPS and Icon, um, primarily as it relates to kind of getting more developers on board and things like that. So I, we're not going to go through the entire thing, um, but certainly, you know, it's certainly something I would encourage you to read just to get some good, good, some good insight and some good thoughts and to get through, but um, a bit more understanding of, of why these hackathons can provide value for the ecosystem. They don't make an immediate splash. You know, it's not like, you know, the hackathon starts and the price is going to go up with the token or something like that. Uh, but in terms of cultivating talent over the long term for the ecosystem and for, you know, ensuring long term value, um, they're certainly they're certainly important. Again, they operate kind of under the radar. Uh, but, um, you know, these things, uh, a lot of the under the radar stuff is what builds value over the long term. Yeah. And, and I have it um, up. And so, this is this is some of the stuff we've been asking for, right? So we know IconDAO have done this where they've, um, in universities, now there is a particular um, a hackathon happening and, and look at it, like even when you scroll, you can see the level of detail in the proposal, talking through all the different categories, the prizes and why they've kind of gone, actually, we want to get in here um, and it's it's good exposure for icon etc um, I, I will call this out like this is something I have gone on rants about so this when I talk about CPS proposals uh, I often say you know you as iconists can go in and see what your P reps are doing so here's a proposal we all know we want to get builders uh, you know what it's asking for 18,000 ICX I'm sorry I, I don't care if they ask for 100,000 as long as you know it was going to be a big hackathon that attract a lot of devs to it um I, I would i would just kind of scan to make sure it was worthy but i would be thinking yes we need something like this and um you can see p reps have started to prove it and when they don't they put in comments um i encourage iconists always review this and if you're voting for some of these p reps that are rejecting what you think is meant to be good for icon and you're voting for them this is where we have the power to have our say so um and and we actually i don't particularly care uh, brian even even commented on this on twitter that um you know we understand the value of the hackathon but feel the budget is high for one time event um please reassess it's uh, like i'm sorry i it's not like there are a hundred of these getting put up every time, you know. So anyway, uh, that rant aside, uh, I'm very excited about this. It's great. It was a great surprise to see this on, and hopefully, um, hopefully it passes and and we see a few things come out of this event. Uh, so another thing to highlight is there are uh, about is it uh, we're I don't know if it closed yet or not, um, but. Basically, there's the bounty on the uh, kind of technical specification uh, upgrades for Icon 2.0. This is through the HX57.io uh, bounty program that uh, Fez had been alluding to. Um, so if, I can't remember if it, it closed exactly um, already by the time you're listening to this, but nonetheless, um, uh, yeah, deadline October 14th. Uh, so pretty soon here and then winner's announced will be a week later. Um, so if you haven't had a chance to submit for this and can slip it, slip in an entry, feel free to do so. Um, and then otherwise, you know, keep, be sure to keep paying attention because there's going to be other opportunities, uh, moving forward as, as Fez mentioned, there's some gangsta bet stuff now. Um, and so this kind of first wave, I think is pretty much wrapped up. So looking forward to what other opportunities will be out there for some iconists to, uh, make some money and, and promote, uh, icon throughout the, uh, throughout the Icon ecosystem, but also throughout the crypto ecosystem as well.
Yeah. And and look, one thing I want to call out here with, with this, in the LA and Icon chat, if you all have suggestions on what you want to see some bounties about, um, please start sharing ideas. Like like a lot of these, they're not. It, it is engaging um, community members and finding out. Um, most of the time, it's me hound, hounding the team, going, "I think these bounties. Let's try and do this, this, this." But um, if you have something you want to see, you think it would be great for, or it would be great to a way to lure other um, content creators and things into the Icon ecosystem to explore and you have an idea around it, please share it and we can take it straight to um, uh, to the foundation and go here some suggestions that have come through to the community. Um, let's see what we can implement as part of the program. So um, really looking for everyone uh, to come in and share some ideas here. Very open, open to it. Uh, quite frankly, in my eyes, I remember when doing this, I envisioned like uh, these bounties, we would have like 20, 30 submissions, you know, uh, based on the amount of money being offered. So uh, I'm really keen to make sure that does happen. And that's where we end up. So uh, very open and wanting to hear from the community some thoughts on how to make that possible. But um, yep. What else have uh... we got? Another note, uh, ICX has been, or I guess Icon has been updated 160 times in the last month as far as uh, GitHub is concerned. Um, so, you know, this is one of those metrics that I don't always, you know, I think sometimes take with a grain of salt. It was a way that people, um, you know, especially during the bear market, would kind of try to evaluate what projects were had the most credibility or whatever. You, you know, they look at the number of uh, commits that have been made to a given GitHub. Um, this wasn't always a perfect metric just because, uh, you know, a commit itself isn't necessarily representative of the amount of work done. You know, you can you can do five things. It takes five minutes and make a commit and it says one commit or you can, you know, spend five days working on stuff and use that as a commit. Um, and so, and also too, you know, people wouldn't always look at the right GitHub or there'd be multiple GitHubs for a given project or whatever it might be. Nonetheless, um, you know, the Icon GitHub always been pretty active, but just want to highlight, you know, I, I was even looking at it today and just on a lot of different categories, a lot of different uh, updates happening. I, you know, I imagine a lot of it's geared toward, you know, the Icon 2.0 stuff. Uh, but nonetheless, it's just, you know, a nice little bit of, bit of positive news um, that, you know, thought it'd be nice to, to highlight and just show how much is kind of really being worked on behind the behind the scenes and under the hood and all that other good stuff. Um, and both in terms of Icon 2.0 and, and BTP and everything else. Um, <clears throat> and then on a final note, uh, we got a little bit of a sneak peek on some graphics as far as the Supernode Racing is concerned, uh, which is the first, uh, well, I'll say first, but it is uh, a of the of what we know to be the first um i guess game nft platform dap whatever you want to classify it as uh to be built on ice so um that'll be a nice little kind of kickoff project again there might be other stuff being built that we're not aware of uh but that's one that has been announced uh basically you know an nft game where you get a car um racing car uh and then are able to kind of build up build up your stats and compete with it and all that other good stuff. Um, so fun little project, again, being worked on by uh, Geodude and kind of the other IconBet team members, I think. Um, so nice little, cool little sneak peek and something to look forward to. Yep, I, I didn't have it up. I quickly loaded it up. There, we got a first glimpse of some new cars. They look great. Excited about this one. Excited in general just um, to hear... Uh, 
uh, everything about ice. Look, uh, but again, excited. Let's Icon 2.0. And then and then as soon as that's done, Icon Grapher, and, you know, we're there and, and moving forward with Icon 2.0, then we'll shift attention to ice and go, okay, where's ice at? When, when's the well, we got Well, uh, we got to shift attention to BTP too. So of course. we'll have a lot of attention to, uh, to go around, that's for sure. That's right. That's right. I think that's about it, isn't it, Icon Grapher? That's all the news. Yeah, for the most part, um, you know, another, I would say, kind of, yeah, we don't, we don't have any uh, difficulty finding news to share. That's certainly, certainly the case. Um, and that's certainly a good thing. Um, you know, I think by this time next week, we'll have some more substantive news on Icon 2.0. Uh, we'll probably start to see, you know, a little bit over the horizon uh, as far as when the, when the actual completion date will be. Uh, we're working on some stuff that I don't know, we want to announce yet just because it's not fully cemented yet uh, as far as ion icon is concerned just to do a little bit of uh fun little um you know icon 2.0 release activities and things like that so uh stay tuned if that comes down the pipeline but i guess wanted to tease that a little bit yeah and look um we just this week as well dropped a interview with vibevid the t- the guys the team um alex and ted who's his technical um a person who tackles all the building and uh, they talked about the proposal that didn't get voted through the icon decks so they came on the show and talked through what the decks is uh, and what was really great about that conversation you know ted he's the person who actually does uh, the technical assessment and uh, basically maps everything out and then also has the ability to recruit the skill set um they need to build and uh, we spend a bit of time towards the uh, later half of the interview talking about um that and what he brings to the picture and how he's actually recruiting um devs who haven't worked in the blockchain space but have those skill sets the react skill sets and things that you need to to you know be a dev and um he uses his knowledge to onboard them and and show them and then they start building for various projects so um i found this fascinating and and this was part of the conversation you know indirectly it's a way of onboarding new devs something that is a constant struggle in our space why because all of them are already utilized you know anyone who knows blockchain is already working in the space because they know um there's a lot of money to be made in this space and and so that's where half these hackathons and things like that come about because we're trying to get new blood into the space and and it was great to have this conversation where these guys have that ability to do that and are actually doing this um so but the first half we do spend talking about the decks and how it's different and what the plans are and and we actually talk through all the different phases uh, in their proposal and what it means i didn't realize a lot of it so i got them to break it down um, during the interview so i learned a lot um i I really do suggest um uh, giving it a listen if you haven't already uh it, it will open everyone's eyes as to what they were trying to build and get funding for in CPS. So that in, and this time when they go for funding, obviously they're going to be a little more strategic uh, in terms of, you know, it's been on the forums. There's been plenty of time to get feedback from all the P reps and incorporate it. But overall, I think if you know more about the project, then you feel more comfortable at what you're looking at in the CPS um, proposal system as well. Enough about that. Overall, it was a great interview, though. Lots of good insights on how um, what they're doing and how they recruit new people into to build. I, I enjoyed that component. 
Uh, last but not least, remember, not financial advice. Please do your own research. It's just two of us sharing our views, as I always call out, and we've called out through the interview. So please keep that in mind. Um, last but not least, share, like, subscribe, like. I cannot ask or request this enough. Please like, even on, um, I believe now, on Spotify and stuff you can rate. We would appreciate uh, the community's help with this. The more we get, hopefully, if someone is kind of looking at Icon with all the news, BTP, they stumble on Iron Icon, boom, think about it. Listen to one podcast, they're in the ecosystem for life. Uh, <laughs> what a pitch. Uh, but yeah, please, please, we need your help with that and really appreciate everyone. And that's it, Icon Graffer. That's it. Let's close this out. Thank you, everyone. See ya.